on the last episode of Dice Funk. And I'm gonna gingerly reach inside that unicorn. You probably just need to consult like the most powerful person we know. As far as I know, that's Welch the Blue. Go. To, let's just go to the Cascades. I think that's our best bet. That's fair. I mean, if you had thrown me off the boat, I would shoot you in the head. So I, I appreciate you being cool about this, relatively. You might want to be careful, Elias. She has your sword. She looks very dangerous. That's actually her sword. Sildiel begins showing you some of the stuff she learned. I have to choose a discipline of wizardry to go into. Uh, her background is that she is a blade singer. It's a division of wizardry that is focused upon combining the art of magic and the art of swordplay into a single unified uh, motion. She says, I can't believe that my dad might be dead and you kept that from me. Jem just shakes her head angrily and then she jumps and then she's flying and she's off to the south. Thought this was like Alona's scroll. It had to be on it. Who are you? Yeah, that's me. What's up? I'm Lavinia. Don't think she has a monopoly on it. You both can be Lavinia if you want. So if all you can do is give me information, give me all the information you got. The portal you came through, which leads here to the Beastlands, a portal deep into the woods, which leads to the elemental plane of Earth in the Tiger Mountains, which leads to Hell in the Temple of Primus, appears to lead to the Demon Web Pits, a layer of the Abyss controlled by Loth, the spider goddess. Drop, the human who is saturated with negative energy. Do you, how, how does one close... A portal? You might have to kill them. There's also a thing in the ocean. It is a nexus of evil. Have you never heard of Detect Thoughts? You should be able to extract the information you need. What if they find out I'm doing it? I think this is going to be something you have to do against their will. Are these guys with you? What? Looking anxiously out over the horizon, you see two ships. Golden ships coming at you in a pincer formation. Leon, do you want to tell us about your boys? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're my boys. Aww. (laughs) Pretty much. Okay, so I think this is a weird situation in which our in-character and out-of-character motivations are lined up. Which is to say, in character, Violet is dying and you guys need to hurry up to get her to Welch the Blue. And out of character, I don't think we want to leave Leon or the audience in suspense much longer. Do it. I think the conceit of this episode is if you guys don't get there by the end, she dies. Oh, jeez. Mm. All right. And we have some friends that are dropping by, right? Jeez, Austin, I haven't even played the episode yet. And already you're <laughs> like, this is how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> There's a ticking clock, and uh, it, it is it is life or death for Violet. So, um, I mean, I can't do anything except fart. So, <laughs> her body is like 99% poison. And, and, and our ship is 33% of a three-ship array that might be converging on a point in the ocean. Yeah. So, last we left the crew, two golden ships were approaching you in sort of a pincer formation. And Isaac had asked you, are these guys with you? And uh, they don't look like they're with you. <laughs> no, they're they're not. They're, they're not. normal glitter gold ships, not like hijacked ones, right? It's like the Zavala. These are these are ships in the ocean. Oh, in the ocean. That's right. Whenever you guys like remember the names of things, I'm like, is that magic? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like what? Do you, how do you do that? <laughs> What's a Zavala? 
All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'll shut up though. Wait, Lauren, have you been laboring the whole last week under the impression that these were airships trying to crash into you and into the ocean? I'm very tired. Leave me alone. <laughs> Everything is sleepy. Elias will approach Isaac and ask him, how hard would it be to, I don't know, lose the two of those ships? I mean, they're in the, they're in the direction where we're going. It's kind of hard to sneak past somebody who can see you. Uh, I, I'm not suggesting sneaking past them. I'm just suggesting outmaneuvering them so we can gain more ground than they can catch up. I think we could lose the bigger one. And he points out one of them, which is uh, noticeably bigger and more heavily armored and armed than the other. But he says the other one is about the same as ours. So I don't know if we're going to put any distance between us. I would say still do that for the time being, since at least we can reduce their numbers and reduce... The need for things to get too, well, out of hand. Yeah, you want me to run away? Is that what you're saying? Well, not away. Just surely when you go yachting with friends, sometimes you try to outdo each other with maneuvers, I would assume, right? Mm, I mean, usually whoever I go yachting with works for me or my dad. Mm. So nobody ever beats me, you know? I, I was curious about, I don't know, approaching this like some sort of uh, yacht race or the such. I mean, this is your guys' pirate adventure. If you want to outrace them, we can try. <laughs> Have I popped back into existence? Yeah, you're you're back. You're on my foot. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yep, Drop is there. Uh, a number of bloodstains on his nice coat. Violet's there, unconscious. Vinny's there, holding a glowing apple. And Elias is there, holding a sword. <laughs> and then there's Isaac staring the ship. Everyone else is below deck. Mm-hmm. So, Austin, the, the, the guns on the ship... My, my memory's failing me. Are they harpoons, did you say? Mm-hmm. All the guns you've seen on all of the ships in the campaign are harpoon guns. Right. Because ostensibly they would be for, like, whaling. Right, right, right. So in, in other words, it'd probably be pretty easy to fix something onto the end of a harpoon. You know what? I think I have just as much of an idea of whether or not that would work <laughs> as you do, Johnny. <laughs> I, just mean, I just mean, you know, they're sharp things right it's not like i mean they they're not like cannonballs insofar as that i couldn't just like you know i wouldn't be able to tie something to a cannonball and then be like okay i hope this works but it's like y'all need to make some goddamn decisions (laughs) okay um then a drop is gonna drop is gonna uh tap elias on the shoulder um and say uh so listen i've seen you do that magic grabby thing with your hand, maybe not your hand, the magic hand thing. How far could you mm, throw something or or put something or... My hand can only reach about, oh, uh, 30-odd feet, roughly. Mm-hmm. So we'd have to get fairly close for me to do much with it. Right. All I'm saying is the last time I was in the ocean, blood did a bad thing, and... If we could somehow manipulate some of this blood on the deck here to be over there and drop just, like, points at the other ships. I have a way we can get some blood over there, but we need some. We need something we can attach. We need. I need an arrow, and I need something to affix a vial or some portion of blood to that arrow. And then I can shoot in the vicinity of those ships over there. And get blood into the water, if what if that's what you're asking. Yeah, I, I just, you know, like, if we paint a little blood on the side of those ships, I think something bad might happen to it. 
but we could leverage it to our advantage. <laughs> All right, well, Drop is going to search around for, I don't know, I guess, that, like, something to... Uh... I have this vial from Joan. Oh, no, Drop shakes his hands and, and shakes his head and says, no, 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 there's, there's like, any gestures at the deck where Violet is lying and says, we've got a lot of blood. Then put it in a container that and give me a bow to attach it to, and I can fire it, Drop. Drop is going to search around for something to uh, mop up blood and uh, a container in which to sort of squeeze it into. I will confer with Kay if he has arrows I can borrow uh, from him. Yeah, sure, he has arrows. They're a bit big for your bow, but he, he's kind of using a great bow. Uh, okay. Then he's going to run downstairs and say, Joan, give me a vial! You you want the you want the vial for blood? You want this pickle jar? I just I need I need it to be empty so I can put put blood in it. That's not your blood, other blood. Give me please. All right, she gives you a vial. All right, I run back upstairs and I give it to Elias. He um what he will do is work with Drop to get a bit of Violet's blood into the vial. If we're having trouble getting Violet's blood into the vial, a Drop is just like oh oh just uh, come here and we'll like you know bleed himself. Well, once Elias has ensured that everything's kind of in order, he's going to set up his arrow, uh, his bow, set the arrow in it, draw, and try to shoot at the... I'm going to shoot for the bow of the larger ship. Is the larger ship a better idea? Because we can maybe outrun the larger ship. It will, but if the larger ship sinks, then the smaller ship's going to have to deal with recovering people from the larger ship. All right, as you guys pull into about bow range with the larger ship, you hear uh, a magically amp- amplified voice mm-hmm. call out, this is Captain White of the Blunderbuss and Captain Coyne of the Zyrica. Please lower your sails and prepare to be boarded for inspection. I remember Captain Coyne. He's a dick. <laughs> oh, wait, is this, is this from that time that I was not around? Uh, the Zyrica is the fight where Violet gored the captain into giving up. And oh, yeah. The other ship is the one that was there <laughs> in the dock when you guys stole the ship you're on. Coming! <laughs> Hurry up! I think they bought it. Do I need to magically grenade them? No, Elias sort of sighs and just just sort of mutters under his breath. I hope the damage is minimal. <laughs> and then and then lets the uh, arrow fly towards the ship, and that's a 14 on the attack roll. Pretty good. Get the arrow to lodge itself against the ship and hopefully break the vial against it. Yep, it's much easier to hit the bigger ship as well. So you smash the bloody vial against the side of that ship, against the blunderbuss, Mm -hmm. and uh, blood trickles down it and into the ocean. And, uh, of course, you just did shoot a missile at a ship, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a much more dangerous ship, and uh, they immediately swivel all the harpoons at you and say, Mm -hmm. repeat, lower your sails and surrender. No! I'm going to turn to Isaac and say, it's probably a good idea that you stay as far away from that big ship as possible. He goes, yeah, Captain White's kind of a dick. He was over for last uh, glitter gold miss. (laughs) He ate all the turkey. All of it? He don't don't play around. Would they listen to you, Isaac, if you told them to do something? Well, they would have. They work for me, but now you've just shot at them. It was a nervous reaction. Tell them it was a misunderstanding. <laughs> Tell them you were trying to hit a dolphin. <laughs> so when Slovenia says misunderstanding, you hear the, the sound of several harpoon guns going off and the harpoon sailing through the air and towards the Violet One. Let's see if they hit. Duck. Ooh. 
One misses and splashes short in the water. Two other ones slam into the side of your ship. Boom. Oh, fuck. Oh, no, we messed up again. (laughs) Are there, there, like, ropes on them? Are they trying to, like, haul us in now? Of course. Okay. Um, I'm... I get to try and cut some ropes. All right. From the other smaller ship, which begins circling around to join the fray, you hear the Anomish voice call out in the same amplified way. This is Captain Coin. I told you I'd get you, motherfuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Is that unicorn over there? I'm coming. Uh, no. (laughs) Deception or... If you're if you're trying to cut the ropes, roll. Okay. Yeah, All right. Um, Somebody with the sword. My sword is uh, plus seven. That's a fifteen. Yep. You cut one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I get two attacks around. Does that mean I get to roll again? Sure. All right. Nice. And that's a twenty-three. Yeah. <laughs> Drop has a flashback to when he tried to cut the ropes on the <laughs> glitter gold nine in episode two, and bollocks it so phenomenally bad that he barely even winged them. And this time he just massacres these ropes, and he's feeling real good about himself. He's grown. This has been his character arc. <laughs> <laughs> Finally got those ropes, guys. And they splash down to the water, and you hear Captain White call up again. He goes, I I feel like there's been a misunderstanding. I said to surrender and put down your sails, and you have done neither of those things. Uh, If we're going to continue this relationship, we need to open the channels of communication and really listen to each other. (laughs) Drop calls out, what? Isaac, tell them we're your prisoners. He goes, "Uh, I don't think they're going to buy that. You just shot at them. I'm really good at lying. I'll back you up. Everybody make perception rolls for me. Everybody who's conscious. Oh, no. I'd like to anyway, but... Oh, no. Drop is good at it, yes. I rolled a seven. I rolled a two! (laughs) Oh, my God! We're dead! Twelve. Twelve? That's not bad. Nope, none of you... We are seven, two, and twelve. None of you roll high enough to notice the shadow moving under the water towards this. (laughs) Shouldn't we get advantage because we're expecting it? (laughs) No. Uh, actually, what you see now is the um, people who are mounting a, uh, like an attack force on the decks to shoot more and come aboard. On the Zyrika, you see Captain Coin, who has like a, his arm in a sling because uh, of the wound he suffered from Violet last time you met. And you also see the gnome with the eye patch that Ziggy stabbed. And on the blunderbuss, you see Captain White, who now Lavinia realizes that the person during the heist, she put the tentacles in his mind. Hmm. Uh. All these people have a reason to want to see you dead. So now that they're, they're, they're this close, I don't know even know if Isaac could call them off. Mm. Guys, should I should I try to grenade the boat? Should I do it? I'm not feeling confident in our current plan. If you wish to do it, do it. I'm trying to get something else figured out here, Vinny. What's going on with that shadow we didn't notice? Did we notice it yet? Is it doing a thing? No, I'll let you know when you notice it. Okay. Uh... Then I guess I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm going to try Shatter on the boat. All right. Shatter that boat. Which boat? Which boat? The whichever one's going to catch us first or throw more things at us. You guys started shit with the blunderbuss, so I'm assuming that's the closer one. Okay, that mm-hmm. one. Nine is the save that the boat tried, um, which is not great. Your Shatter takes a big chunk out of the top deck and sends people and wood flying. You basically cannonballed it. Cool. And they are shocked, and I think you damage one of the cannons. Ah, uh, okay, and I'm gonna yell. I have way more where that comes from, but I don't want to do it, so please leave. 
You can catch us later. Just go now. Go away. There's probably like a sea monster coming. Please just go. Bye. <laughs> what can I roll? Can I roll intimidation on that? They shoot like six more harpoons at you, dog. <laughs> miss, miss, hit. So two more harpoons miss. Uh, I think one was from the damage and one was just they overshot you. And then another one hits into the violet one as the Zyrika pulls around ready to broadside y'all. The Zyrika is probably within like 120 feet at this point, I'm going to assume. Sure. I am going to point at the Zyrika and try to hit the mast with a firebolt. It's a nine, so it's probably not a hit. Nope, it's wide. And I, I think it might have like hit a gnome or something. It's like, <laughs> ah, my leg! <laughs> well, if you want me to roll damage for it, I can. Uh, the Zyrika holds about 30 people and the Blunderbuss about 40, so I don't think I'm going to keep track of 70 gnomes' as health. I, I'm aware of that, but he probably <laughs> took 14 fire damage then if that hit him. Gnomes, you've injured badly enough to hold a grudge. I'm going to need a separate <laughs> sticky note for this. Mm-hmm. Guys, I really want to live through this because I just got to kill Captain Coin. I got to hate him so much. All right, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Captain Coin yells, man, I just hate that unicorn so much. I can't <laughs> wait to get my hands on it. Uh, too bad it's not here. Bye, leave. Mm. Violet gurgles on the deck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. At this point, NPCs are coming up from below deck. Like, do you guys need... Oh, my Oh my God. It's like the uh, community pizza gif of Donald Glover walks into the pizza. Mm. Yeah. What do I do? Dad, what do I do? Dad, dad, help. Dad. <laughs> Vinny, what'd you do? I was trying to be helpful. Oh, my gosh. All right, so people start coming up from under deck, and everyone's taking battle positions, pulling out bows and s- staffs and whatnot. Ziggy, throw magic at them. <laughs> All right, yeah? Uh, yeah, just do it. All right. What's the most fucked up spell I can have Ziggy cast? Oh, jeez. That's a pretty good question, knowing what he's set up to be. Uh, which one, he says to you? Uh, whichever one seems more dangerous. Which one, Austin says. The big one. <laughs> All right. Ziggy points his staff at the blunderbuss, and bolts of purple energy shoot out above it deliberately not as if he missed but as if that was where he was aiming for and from where they hit uh thin air a cloud of purple gas begins to spew uh down and down over the deck of the ship covering it and you hear gnomes begin to cough and sputter and choke as uh this spot just spews more and more purple gas all over the the deck of the blunderbuss is that cloud kill or is that something else Oh, you know it's cloud kill, my dog. <laughs> oh shit, that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty uh, vicious there. That's gonna bite right into your death count, my dudes. <laughs> okay, Austin, I'm gonna position myself on on the side that Zyrika's coming, uh, in order to brace for uh, borders. Yeah, they they look like they're trying to get a good beat on you because Isaac, with his nautical expertise, is keeping the blunderbuss between the ships so that that can't happen. And the blunderbuss has had a bite taken out of it, and its deck covered with really heinous, vile, evil poison. <laughs> so you guys are in a pretty good position for being attacked by two ships. <laughs> I guess everyone else is going to start pitching in. Sheriff K is going to start shooting bolts. Joan will start shooting some stuff. What are you? Anybody else pitching in? You guys are. This is like a full-on combat now, basically. Um, Elias is going to get his scimitar ready and cut the other cut the rope that is connected to the ship at the moment mm-hmm. to take care of that 22 so Ooh. 
Yeah, you definitely cut it. But now the blunderbuss, of course, is not, they're not idiots over there, nor are they totally helpless. So they're just going to fire everything they have. You guys are getting harpooned to hell and back. Here we go. Hit, 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 miss, hit, hit. So five more. And I think those are going to start hitting people. <laughs> I'm already down, so don't hit me. Yeah, why don't, uh, can I have all the player characters make dexterity saving throws? Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> I really like that tone in your voice just now, Skitch. I, like, really felt that. 20. 13. Uh, Lavinia got the lowest, so she is, she, is, she is the least able to dodge out of the way, and she is hit by shrapnel from one of the harpoons. So, Lauren, roll yourself uh, 2d10 damage. Ow. Shit. As uh, a harpoon slams into the deck and you're sprayed with giant wood shards. That is horrible. Oops. Yeah. I mean, guys, we're getting close to the end of the campaign here. It's going to only get more dangerous from now yeah. on. That's cool. Nice. Only a 10. <sighs> 10 damage as Lavinia is superficially shredded. Ow. <laughs> but it looks like the people in the blunderbuss are beginning to succumb to the poison. You see a couple people tumble off or just jump off to escape from it. Um, and you hear Captain White yelling to try to maintain or- order among his crew. Guys, grab Violet. Squeeze her like a sponge and <laughs> squirt poison into Captain Coin's eye. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. I forgot Violet. It's like a bioweapon at this point. Right. So uh, next thing Elise will do when he has a chance is to cast False Life on himself as a level two spell. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will give him 10 temporary hit points for the time being. Nice. So, What's going on with that other ship? The Zygrika keeps trying to pull around to, to get a beat on you guys, but Isaac is very good at yachting. So he asks you, do you guys want to start? Do you guys want to make a run for it now? We can get away from the blunderbuss, but we're not going to be able to pull away from the Zyrika. Uh, try to get away from the blunderbuss at least. Here is his vehicle proficiency roll. Seven. Mm. Not great. So he, he does a little turn in and he actually like loses some of his uh, good, good yachting angles <laughs> and the Zyrika starts to pull up, but you guys do get away from the floundering blunderbuss, which is too busy surviving to deal with you. So you have removed the blunderbuss from the situation mm-hmm. and you're pulling to the north to get away. As you guys pull away and you're now on a one-on-one chase mm-hmm. in, the, in the distance, as you leave the blunderbuss behind, you hear a terrible, awful sound of exploding wood and screaming. And then you look in the back, you see spout after spout shooting up through it as it is riddled (laughs) by these jets of noxious fluid, which tear it apart from the inside, killing everybody on board before it collapses into the ocean. Oh, guys, we killed them really good. I'm pretty sure it's not just uh, just us, you guys. We did purposefully shoot blood at the ship so that it would get eaten by the monster. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. Look, Fair I enough. had hoped that it would happen sooner, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it doesn't have teleportation powers. It's got to get there. Yeah. The <laughs> next thing that Elias does when it gets around to his turn is to bolster up his defenses in case people just start jumping on board. So it's a little bit of a one-two punch on that. It's getting close in the sense that uh, gnomes could start jumping on because their bow mm-hmm. is right almost against your stern. Mm-hmm. But basically getting jumping on one at a time is not going to do great when there's like 10 of you waiting. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if a gnome tried to jump, Kay would shoot him and then mm-hmm. Tusk would stab them and then Joan would freeze them. And then <laughs> like they would just yeah. get obliterated. Yeah. So they're they're basically just trying to keep up at this point. Mm-hmm. Oh, But still, if all, mostly also in case they start firing at us is the other sort of thing. So 
It looks like they're considering firing at you. You see, um, they're close enough now you can see them on board talking. Captain Coin is talking with the guy with the eye patch, and he says, All right, I've given you guys enough chances. I think you just killed my friends. I wanted to I wanted to do the unicorn personally, but if this is how it's gonna be, then uh I guess this is gonna how it's gonna be. Because we're all clerics of Garl Glittergold, which means we all can do this. <laughs> and all thirty people on ship fire magic missiles. Uh, Elias will intersect in front of everyone and stand at the front as they as the spell starts casting. Mm-hmm. And as the first one starts to strike him, uh, he uses the reaction to cast shield, making him invulnerable to magic missile. The thing about magic missile is that it's weak but never misses. So everyone that aimed at Elias just locks in and zooms right into his shield, uh, not hurting anyone. Mm-hmm. But not all of them were aimed at Elias unfortunately. So I think Oops. we're going to give some damage out. Are you guys excited? Yeah. I know I am. <laughs> Why are you so so mean? Look, there's two... We're almost at the end, and there's like ships, and one yeah, of us I is know. dying, so this wasn't going to go that well. That's true. Oh my god, 15... How in the fuck are you even going to survive this, is my question. <laughs> Who? Everyone, besides Elias. Yeah, Elias nailed it. Yeah, Elias is totally unharmed, and I think so is Sildiel. They stand at the front with their shields and try to block as many people as they can. Again, that's each person gets that individually, or? Yep. Woo! <laughs> um, is Vinny dead? I mean, like, I'm, like, dead now, so. Drop. I can't read that. What does that say? 37. 37. Yeah, I'm yeah. dead, too. All right, drop and Lavinia go down in a hail of magic missiles, bleeding from all over. Where do you want to take your uh, mor- mortal wound there, Lavinia? Any preferences? Uh. <laughs> uh. You, I think you throw up your hands to protect your face, and the, la- the one that gets you just shatters your hand on all the fingers in your playing hand. No! That seems extra mean! I don't think that's cool! <laughs> I asked! Okay, fine! I'm um, all in my torso. <laughs> okay. See, so you just want to get Vita- you just want to get Corleone'd? Oh, God, no one's old enough to know what that means. I do. Okay. Also, I'm pretty sure everyone's, like, older, except for me. Three of us are unconscious right now. Oh, jeez, yeah. Drop, any preferences for your wound? Let's go big. Let's go head. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Just leading into it. No, so there's, like, a side angle shot, and it looks like a magic missile just goes straight through Drop's head. But as he falls, you his head turns and you see it, it actually went through the cheek, in one cheek and out the other, mm. and maybe took a couple teeth with it. But when you see it, you're like, well, Drop just got his brains blown out by like a sniper shot. But as he hits the ground, you're like, well, he's not. It's a good dramatic... Misdirection. Misdirection. Yeah, you got it. But Drop and Lavinia go down and Kay immediately throws his body over Lavinia to protect her. Well, that's too late. Well, he also got shot all the hell up. I think he... That's true. He probably lost the tip of his beak. Aww. Just like half an inch of it got blasted off. But Captain Coin says, It looks like some of you are still alive. Don't, we don't want to do that again. Please, listen, the dungeons and Glitter Gold Tower are very nice. Can I just request that Ziggy fucks their whole world up? Do you want to dramatically on the ground, bleeding from uh, 15 missile wounds in your chest, reach out to Ziggy? and I'll be like, Ziggy, either heal me or fuck their whole world up. <laughs> All right, Ziggy does not have um, healing spells. He's a wizard. You know what happens? Tell me. I think Judy comes out from below deck, running and carrying a pickle jar. Mm. 
And as she gets closer, you can see it's filled with this gross brown viscous ooze, Mm -hmm. very unlike the clear seawater and the half a red crystal you threw into it. Mm -hmm. And she just throws it to Elias. Catch. (laughs) Uh, Elias catches it and sort of Mm -hmm. like looks at it curiously for just a brief moment. It looks disgusting. It's just this brown murky ooze, like something that Tim Curry would form out of. <laughs> I got that reference. Can I do a quick on the spot, like, is this poison I'm holding in my hand sort of check? I'm going to say, that even if you botched, you know the poison crystal you put into that water has made that poison goo. Yes. Okay. How close is the ship to us? Their bow is almost touching your stern because they were chasing you and catching up. Uh, Elias uses Mage's hand to to basically carry the jar over to the ship and drop it onto the deck to make it break. All right, so you throw that down on their deck and it explodes and everyone it coats immediately starts screaming and clawing at their hands because whatever activates that poison... So far, you've noticed uh, only unicorn innards have done that, but it's what it is, is that it's mm-hmm. water-soluble, and you have soluble it. <laughs> <laughs> you done solved it. And so they all immediately get, freak out, and uh, Captain Coin's like, you bastards, you'll pay for that. <laughs> I missed the beginning of that <sighs> sentence in my accent, but it came back at the end there. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Ziggy holds his staff aloft, does a triumphant croaking noise as he begins shooting magic. Kay starts shooting arrows. What do you guys do when... I mean, I'm just bleeding on the ground, so I don't know what you want from me. It's ba- I'm basically asking Elias how he joins this triumphant finale here. Well, for like as a bonus, actually, because he can, uh, he sort of like mm-hmm. spins the scimitar, sort of extends it up to the air, and sort of a glimmer of like a shimmering light sort of envelops him as he sort of invokes the blade song to sort of shield him further. And then his... A freehand lifts, points at the captain, Mm -hmm. and he says, you should have turned away a long time ago, captain, and then fires off a firebolt straight at the captain with his uh, main action. Mm -hmm. Not 56. (laughs) A miss again. Jeez, I threw another nine with firebolt. It misses the captain, hits a gnome behind him, and at this point, uh, the close fighters on your team, uh, Sildiel, Tusk, Mm -hmm. Kay, jump to the other ship and just start meleeing and it's on it's on like donkey kong that's another 13 damage to that particular gnome nice who likes drop the most what which character which npc likes drop the most because oh. i want to have them uh stabilize drop it probably would have been tusk probably tusk yeah then he did that before he went just as k stabilized Vinny. they made sure you guys were okay nice not dead big fan of being not dead i don't know tusk didn't tusk punch me once yeah, there was an honorable moment of righteous anger between you, but then you came to an understanding. Okay. Because you were honest with him. All right. and, and then, well, at that point, Elias will use the advantage that he has now has a speed of 40 to help, you know, move and jump onto the other ship with his with his mother and crew, so. Uh, Captain Coin goes to attack Elias with his uh, golden spear. Mm-hmm. Miss. By a large margin. He doesn't look like he's the greatest at combat. You think maybe he was like a prodigy at sailing, but like he got like C's in stab class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, like it's it's one of the things where I sort of picture at least sort of effortlessly just sort of like deflect it with his sword, mm-hmm. like instinctively. Do you want me to roll my my action against him? Uh, 
Yep, all the NPCs are fighting all the NPCs. We're having the player characters fight the named NPC. I still have my blade song up, so I have an AC of 17 at the moment. Mm -hmm. So Elias will sort of do a flourishing spin and try to slash his blade at the uh, captain uh, without really any concern for whether he's going to keep the cabin alive or not. Nice. Um, his attack is an eight, and Job sort of flies off and sort of pecks at the captain's face. <laughs> so advantage. Yeah. So yep. 24 on the, sec on the second roll there. Roll that damage, son. That's just six damage, but it's slashing, so... You give him a nice slash. Ziggy casts Shatter on the back of the ship, which blows like eight gnomes into the water. Ziggy is probably one of the deadliest people you have, but he's almost out of slots because he's been casting up a storm. Uh, as a point of notice, he has a fit, access to fifth level spells. So yeah. that means he's serious fucking business uh, in, in technical terms. Yeah, he tells you that he was the star pupil of Welch the Blue, which means right. he's probably pretty powerful. But just as a note, he's not going to be able to carry this whole thing by himself. All right. Sildiel is also holding her own. She's slashing with that rapier. She seems out of practice, but she has muscle memory. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Captain Coin stabs at you. Misses again. This dude is not in the same class as Elias. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is sort of like Elias' reawakening of like remembering his practice from training back. So Elias attacks back. His best attack is a 10. Nope. Probably a miss. Yep. So they clash swords. 22. Okay. Got you this time. <laughs> yep, you hit me. Uh, you take three damage <laughs> off my temporary hit points. <laughs> so I still have I still have seven temporary hit points. It's like a paper cut. You guys are like clashing swords dramatically. You slash him really good, and he like thrusts with all his might, and it just like hits you like right in the unarmored part of your chest, and you're just like pushed back like two inches, and you're like, it didn't even cut. Ow, that's gonna leave a bruise, you dick. It, effectively, it it almost feels it looks like sort of shards of light sort of deflect off of his. Uh, chest has sort of the false life that in envelops him, ah. sort of chips away, but it protects his flesh from being cut. Elias counters with a 24. Oh, man. So everyone on the ship is taking damage at every opportunity. It's a full-on Pirates of the Caribbean melee, and you've hit him yet again. Mm. So what I'm going to say is you're clearly the better fighter. You've Teo just did eight more damage. Yep, eight more damage on him. You're Yeah, you've got this guy. The question is lethal or non-lethal. I mean, as angry as Elias is that this guy's actions could have gravely wounded Drop and Vinny, he just cannot bring himself to just off him, especially given how much he's outclassing the captain. It just doesn't feel <laughs> valid to outright kill him. Like, he will take him out to unconscious, but he won't do anything further than that. Same thing as what he did with uh, with uh, Guy Fieri. Oh, wait, no, uh, Guy. My mistake. <laughs> oh, you're going to do the same thing you did to Guy? Just sort of like down him, like well, not necessarily in the neck, but just sort of like enough slashes, maybe a deep wound in his shoulder to disable him. Maybe I inadvertently cut his Achilles or something. Ooh, I like that. I think part of it is he's outclassed, and part of it also is he's just he was gored very badly by Violet in their fight, mm -hmm. so he's just not on his game. And you just dominate him utterly in front of all his people who are also dying all around him. Mm -hmm. And I think the final move is yeah, you do like a low slashing, cool spin and take out his ankle, and he just collapses onto the the deck in front of you. And he says, "Fine, just just finish it. The monster will be here for you soon." Elias sort of oh yeah, the monster. Elias sort of. Pulls his blade back, twirls it to get, to get the blood off, sheaths it, and just sort of points down at the captain and then says, I'm not going to dignify you with that death, captain. 
That's good. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how he can come back from such a devastating burn. <laughs> <laughs> he can't. I feel like he just cries. Because, okay, so I was going to have one of the other gnomes grab Sildiel and make this like a dramatic hostage situation, but they're lawful good, and like they want to take you guys down for stealing their ships and killing their people, but they're not cowards and they're not backstabbers. So I think they actually do, seeing their captain defeated, stand down and surrender and throw all their spears into the sea and let let you guys once again leave Captain Coin in defeat. Uh, He sort of points out to to the um, the man that's like, if you call yourselves clerics, you should tend to his wounds before the monster gets to you. We have other business to deal with. We blew our only spell slot on that magic missile. <laughs> you're then you're terrible clerics. Tend to his wound anyway. <laughs> Listen, we only took that. It was a required course. <laughs> also, what cleric learns magic missile? That's not even a divine spell. Oh yeah, that's 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 the player getting to the top. Anyway, Elias just sort of like just sort of scoffs because he doesn't care right now about these guys. They severely wounded now uh, two of his friends and put his mother in grave danger, and he's just not having any of that. So as soon as he sort of established that he's just going to check on his mother first and then return to the ship with her. Sildiel has a couple of superficial scratches, but she also looks like maybe the happiest you've ever seen her. I don't even know if she's aware of it, but she has like a smile on her face. Like, like she feels alive for the first time in hundreds of years. Maybe Mm. it's not that she doesn't like selling jewelry. No, no, no. But this is, but this is what she was training to do beforehand. This was her line of work that she was trained up to be as a defender or guardian or something of Mithrandane. So I understand that externally. And Leah's just sort of like is surprised because he hasn't seen her smile like that in a while, but tries to brush it off and get back to the ship with her promptly to check on Drop and Vinny and everyone. As you guys go to say away, he yells, we took a feat that lets us take one wizard spell. (laughs) That's even less impressive. (laughs) I think it's called magic initiate. (laughs) That was a waste of a feat. You know it. You should have picked up Hex. It's a much better spell. <laughs> you guys just yell wizard taunts at each other. Can Ziggy get on the wizard taunts? <laughs> he says something super devastating in Bullywug. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's very proud of himself, but tongues ran out, so they don't hear it. <laughs> it still makes me kind of like question, the only spell we know is Magic Missile. Like, what kind of clerics are you? Anyways. <laughs> it's idiot proof. <laughs> Unfortunately, it looks like you have a ship of idiots. <laughs> All right. So this time you actually have some competent warriors with you. So Tusk actually goes about like cutting all their sails down, throwing them in the ocean. He like Aww. breaks their steering wheel and stuff. You guys left them more or less intact last time. Mm-hmm. Tusk does not make that mistake. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Now they're not even going to get away. And you actually see he has like a bunch of broken off spearheads like in his body. And like not only is he in no hurry to take them out, he seems like really proud. Like he keeps turning so that you can see all of his battle wounds. <laughs> Can Vinny give a really bloody thumbs up? <laughs> yeah, uh, Kay definitely tends to Lavinia first, and it's not life threatening. But you have been like shot through the torso a number of times, which is more painful than anything. How human is your biology, Vinny? Do you think you're like vines in there? <laughs> Wouldn't this be a great time to find out? <laughs> Does anybody want to look at Vinny's wounds? Um, Elias probably will end up looking at her wounds uh, to just confirm that. Well, 
they're not life threatening at the moment. Yeah, I think what you see is a fusion of human and plant, mm. uh, almost as if it started off as a human and has has been infested with plant. It's like Cronenbergian in there. <laughs> so she's bleeding red, and it looks like this would be much more serious for a human. Uh, but for her, it's like this hurts. I'm not a big fan, but also you can just cut off branches of a tree and it's fine. So this is so. So it's not sap that she's bleeding; it's actually blood. <laughs> yes. So we can't bottle it and sell it. I was going to say, you can't turn me into syrup. Oh, geez. This is the worst. <laughs> I also like the image, like, during that fight, a gnomes were, like, slip sliding away on that gunk that Elias made in the pickle jar, and we're just, like, going overboard and shit. There's a lot. There's a lot to love about what just happened, except for, for Drop, who I think just lost a tooth or two. How are you feeling, Drop? I, I don't know. Nobody's attended to me yet. Tusked. Tusked did. Tusk is posing. <laughs> well, he comes over and he goes... How glorious a battle. <laughs> I see you have some highly distinctive scars, my friend. You, sh- you should be honored. Drop kind of like pokes a finger out. <laughs> I'm assuming I'm not healthy enough to cure wounds him. Oh, jeez. I think over the next couple of days, you guys will be able to pull yourself together because you're still going to the Cascades. So Okay. Yeah, Ali is just sort of like winces a bit and drops. It's like, and just sort of like tries to pull drop from putting his finger through his cheek like that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's like, you, you, you uh, just just rest drop. The worst of it is past. Well, the immediate threat is gone for now. Drop goes, goes to say something, uh-huh. but then just kind of like closes his mouth, looks a little miserable, and just like drools a little bit of blood outside the holes in his face. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So over the next couple of days, you guys sleep. Vinny gets her spell slots back. She cure wounds everybody. And I think... Drop ends up with like small starburst scars on each of his cheeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like we haven't left him absolutely disfigured. I think actually it's probably like mm-hmm. a really handsome <laughs> scar. Badass pair of scars, yeah. Like dimples. Yeah, like war <laughs> dimples. I, and I have a feeling that during the intermittent days, Sildiel's probably going to be inspired to do some duels with Elias, like just sort of like practice swordplay and stuff like that, among other things. So can we can we ballpark our, our hit point levels then? I, everybody's at full health, and everyone just leveled up to mm-hmm. level five, I believe. And, and I rolled minimum for my hit points for the next level, so I'm actually at 27 hit points at level five. Oh, no! Which is why I have false life as a spell, because I need extra hit points. <laughs> yeah, Elias is a glass cannon. But yeah, we talked about Elias's level up. He got spells and sword stuff from his mom. They're training to be mm-hmm. blade singers. It's really cool. They're like teleporting around the ship, fighting like Naruto characters. Lavinia, you st- have you eaten your apple? I do now. So just some random night, you remember you have it? Well, when I could like move, yeah. All right, so you munch into that apple and you get uh, detect thoughts and tongues, I believe, were the spells you chose? Yes. And it might sound dumb, but I did keep Comprehend Languages just because you can do written, you can read written languages with Comprehend Languages, but you can't with tongues. And Drop, what did you get for your level up? My my martial arts are now D6 instead of D4, so I punch harder. <laughs> cool. um, I, I gain a second attack uh, and also Stunning Strike, which allows me to pop a key point to... Um, make the target succeed on constitution or be stunned until the end of my next turn. I like that. I think that comes from probably training Tusk, where he starts uh, like dominating you in the fight pretty hard, and then you're like, nope, it's going to do my stunning strike, bitch. I don't know why, but that makes me think of scintillating shell. The, the flail snail. 
So does anybody want to do anything on the trip to the Cascades? Because we spent a lot of time on that fight that didn't need to be a fight, but it, that's mm-hmm. how they happen. Listen, we're bad at stuff and things. I want to take an opportunity to talk to Joan alone, if I can get it. Joan alone. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> so I, I, you know, I, I sort of want to say, like, I, I, I've got a, a couple of things to talk to you about. Uh, yes? What, what do you need to know? Uh, number one, I met your friends. I do not have friends. And drop tries really hard to wink because he's seen other people do it. <laughs> Your old friends. Uh, let us speak plainly. We have time is short and your friend is dying. I met the Blackhearts. <laughs> I think everyone has. I believe uh, Violet stabbed one of them. They saved me. I have heard. And, and we had a talk about what they think happened between you guys. I'm not really sure who's telling me the most truth, but I saw what happened in the Temple of Primus, too. Was that the Gesh? Is that is that the thing that, that nobody's talking about? Because nothing happened to you. You didn't you didn't look any different. But I'm I'm gonna guess that maybe as a group you all had a conversation with someone? I think you already know that I cannot tell you. I think this would be a good time for Vinny to enter this this conversation. <laughs> and Vinny shows up and hey, it's me, Vinny. Everyone's favorite. <laughs> it's like, it's like <laughs> just like random. It's, she, she cramers her way into the scene. She's like, my belly hurts, but it's also full of apple. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah. Hey guys, what's going on? I don't have anything weird I want to do. Not at all. Do, 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 don't mind me. We are not minding you, Little Leaf. <laughs> Although, really, I actually wanted to talk to Atlas about it before. Guys, do you have 20 minutes before Violet dies? Don't do it. Jeez, Austin. Just like, let's shove the plot off to the side. It's not like we're going there. No, no, no. If we're going to have a conversation, we better slow the boat down. It's <laughs> a very good point. I'm just saying. I understand it. Basically, if Vinny were to talk to Elias about what happened, I'll... I'll bridge what Elise's response would have been. He would have been, oh, that's a really clever idea. <laughs> you should do it, Vinny. Okay. So I guess while Joan's talking to Drop, I'm just going to try and wiggle my way in there. Just act like I'm like, mm-hmm, this is a conversation I'm listening in on for no reason. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm small. Ignore me. The, play, play, play the distraction song while you detect thoughts. That's basically what you're doing. Just a lot of that. Uh, but I'm doing it. I'm casting uh, Detect Thoughts on Joan. All right. So Drop is asking her about the Blackheart stuff, and you just walk up behind her, and you pluck on your loot a little bit, and suddenly you're seeing Joan's thoughts from her perspective. Um, I think you probably get, like, a grainy old footage, <laughs> like old film reel stuff of some of her earlier life. You see her standing in a, at the front of a congregation of drow, and they're all cheering, and she has uh, like a sniveling gnome at her feet, and she tosses him into a pit of spiders as he's torn apart. Woo! It fast forwards, you see her sitting outside a jail cell. She has her hand through the bars, and she's holding the hand of a kobold in rags on the other side, and they're just sitting on the ground, just talking about whatever. It doesn't matter. And then it fast forwards, and you see them getting turned down 
by the, the leader of the orcs, by the leader of the Kuatoa, by the leader of the gnolls and the goblins for whatever they're trying to do. Uh, everyone's just shaking their heads and they're looking frustrated. And then you see from her perspective sitting on the floor of the Temple of Primus, cradling Lita in her arms as she dies. And then you hear from behind her, because you're seeing all of this from Joan's perspective, and you hear a voice that is not familiar to you, but is familiar to our audience and some of our other characters, which is the entity I guess we're calling Billy, as it offers the same spiel you've heard a couple times now, don't tell anyone, just say those four words, and not only will I fix you, make you better than you ever were, I'll also grant your heart's deepest desire, and uh, everyone readily agrees to the heart's deepest desire thing, except for Joan, who asks what that is. <laughs> she wants to know what he's talking about before before it's granted. And the voice reveals that deep in their hearts, what they all want more than anything is to end the practice of sacrifice to dark gods. And the voice tells them, if they say those words, that will end. He will tear a hole into that plane, restore their bodies, and... No one will ever need to make a sacrifice to a god as long as they live, as long as their four lives connect to this portal. And they agree to that. But Joan says she doesn't want her body to be better than it was. She says she wants to accept the consequences of her life and how she's lived it up till now. She is happy with her friends being saved, but she doesn't want anything special for herself. Aww. And then you see from her perspective as they, <laughs> as everything changes and they stomp the stuffing out of swift justice and then they leave and then everything's happy for a long time you see just all these like home movies from joan's perspective of them all like laughing and talking and going around to civilizations and checking and seeing that you're like yes requests for sacrifices to the gods have stopped like groomsh doesn't seem to want sacrifices none of the kuatoas uh weak sea gods the gnolls and the goblins seem pacified everything's great and they start talking about what an amazing blessing all of this has been. And uh, Joan explains to Lita that in drow language, in undercommon, they have a word for a blessing born from a sacrifice, the thing you get for what you give. And that word is Zavala. Oh my God. And so that's what they call the voice. They say to each other, thanks Zavala that everything's better now. We're so, we're so powerful. We've accomplished all our goals. Our cultures are saved. It's all thanks to Zavala. And eventually, <laughs> you see them write that on their ship. And then you see from her perspective as they see the first airship flying overhead. And you see them investigating the portal and the gnomes taking stuff out of it. And you see the angry conversation about what they should do about it. And that Fox thinks they should kill all the gnomes and take all their stuff and throw it back in because they're messing up all the hard work they did. And whatever they've done, the deal they've made with Stavala is throwing everything out of whack. And now the seas are rising and they don't know the exact correlation between those things. They haven't figured out the cause and effect. Fox is absolutely convinced it's their fault. And Joan thinks, no, it's our fault. We did it first, obviously. And they just can't come to any agreement and it escalates and it escalates and she stabs him and leaves. And at that point, <laughs> Joan turns and grabs Vinny <laughs> by the front of her shirt in present times and hauls her up uh, for just a moment before her weak twig arms give out and she drops Vinny. She's like, I meant that to be more intimidating. I, I, I overestimated my strength. I am sorry. Uh, it's okay. Uh, I, uh, I, guess you, I guess you know. I guess you figured it out. 
I figured out that you were in my mind. How was it? Uh, it was educational. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm leaving. Bye. Then <laughs> <laughs> he runs up the stairs. And then Joan turns to drop and says, whatever your questions were, I think Little Leaf has the answers now. I still prefer the name Billy. Yeah, I like Billy too. Now, off screen, uh, I think all the characters share information. I didn't think everybody knows about the voice and the portals and the deals and all the mechanics of all the lore. Unless anybody wants to be left out deliberately, I think everyone's caught up and on the same page vis-a-vis the underpinnings of what's going on in Lorelei. Does anybody have any specific lore questions? <laughs> I guess one uh, one thing that I would want to uh, do would be either an investigation or arcana to try to infer something about, for example, if a Gesh is violated, does it violate, does it remove the portal? But I don't know if that would be something I could infer through arcana or not. Yeah, sure, roll. 20? Yeah. You think if someone violated the Gesh, they would drop dead, and if they were the only one connected to the portal, it would close. Yes. Right, okay. Uh, in the case of the Black Hearts, there are four people, so right. it would not instantly close. Which is why Jones conclusion as i and everyone else involved in this have to die so i yeah so that sort of that sort of clarifies from lee i mean is joan even with us or is this the the pcs at the moment it's up to you okay i, I figured it'd just be drop lavinia and myself kind of chatting right now and just say well this would explain why joan believes what she does in terms of how to fix this but there's no guarantee that the portal that might be causing the flooding if it is a portal causing the flooding is connected to her and the black art specifically, but I suppose we can mull over this in a few days. Drops a little hung up. He's like, hmm? negative, negative energy, <laughs> negative. When would I? When would I have been exposed to negative plane energy? Only, only Drop knows the story about his childhood, yeah. and it's because you guys weren't privy to that conversation. Is that only Drop's question, or does Johnny want it explained as well? Oh no, no. Drop okay. is Drop is just kind of like racking his memory, trying to yep. okay. imagine at one point in time. Because for his entire life, he's just been, you know, he's just accepted that his life has been this way. <laughs> and now, some, you know, like presumably Vinny has mentioned that. Um, uh, Ilona was like, "Oh yeah, drop! Oh, jeez, <laughs> he got he got close to something bad." The only other thing that Elise could think of is that he's fairly certain that the portal that opened that allowed him to enter here from the Feywild has nothing to do with this because he's never been approached by an entity asking him for that that's, that he's aware of. So, yeah, when when Vinny asked if portals could happen without intervention, she said sometimes they form like hurricanes, like natural disasters, and that was what ha- that's how Elias got here. Right. I mean, that's that's something Elias was cognizant of. He sort of thought of like, wow, this is a whole different beast here. Yeah, drops just a little a little bit upset at the thought that his life could have been something else. Mm-hmm. He could have been that he could have been that door to door salesman he always wanted to be. Yeah, he could have been the best moss salesman. <laughs> on the tiger island. <laughs> Elise then asks Vinny and Drop, have you two been able to check on Violet to see if she's still at least with us? I, I hope we're close to the Cascade soon. <laughs> Drop says, I just remembered something I have to do. <laughs> it goes to check on Violet. <laughs> Violet is on death's door. Like, is she, when you walk over, you don't think she's breathing, and then you have to get, like, get right down on her tummy 
to feel that it's moving at all. Mm-hmm. And you guys are coming up to the Cascades, as we've talked about before, and as uh, Ziggy and Joan will fill you in, because that's where they're from. The Cascades are kind of like Hawaii, so like they're like a series of islands, but most of them are uninhabitable because the Kuatoa, which are just, un- they cannot be bargained or reasoned with. They just basically capture people on site with their kind of hook weapons and drag them off God knows where. Except for one island, which is controlled by the drow. It has a underground entrance to the Underdark where the drow city of Calypsia and the Bullywug, I guess we'll call it a village of hole in the earth is. Um, that's the one you guys are going to. Uh, and as you guys get closer, you notice that's probably the only option you would have anyway, mm-hmm. because as the waters have risen, all the other islands in the cascades have gone under and you see like Mm. some of the tops of them poking up like what used to be like the highest hills on these islands is now just like a little iceberg land sticking up five kuatoa just sitting on top of it like oh no (laughs) i was thinking two with like a half-soaked picnic oh that's cute Um, but Isaac moves between them. If this was Violet or Vinny driving, I would have like a really cool check to see you guys dodge these things. But nah, he handles it pretty well. You also notice some whirlpools as you drive by them. And uh, you guys talk about it and decide that it's probably whatever entrances to the Underdark were on those islands for the Kuatoa, because they also live underground, mm-hmm. must be down there. And the water's draining in and filling those tunnels and probably drowning those cities. Right. Right. So prime real estate then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you also remember, I think back in episode like five or six, when Elias talked to Joan, uh, he asked what the drought were doing about the rising water. And she said something along the lines of they're working on it, which you didn't really know what that meant at the time. But as you guys approach where you're going or where Joan mm-hmm. shows Isaac where to go, you see what working on it constitutes. And it is on the horizon, an enormous black dome just rising out of the water, just the top half of it, like a crescent. Nice. And you get closer and closer, and you see that you can't see through it. It's just pure blackness. But Joan tells you that the island's on the other side of that. Nice. You can see it's made from infinity million strands of spider web, black spider web that they've fashioned over the entire island, like a shield. And there must be some kind of magic involved Mm. at some point in the process because it looks like it would have taken, you know, years to erect. And uh, if you had gotten here earlier, it would not have been finished. But now it is. The spider dome, huh? So do we knock? (laughs) You see a couple of Kuotoa climbing it and just like scurrying around on it, banging on it with their weapons, which we've discussed before, are usually like curved, like weapons to grab things, like hooks and uh, just like sticks with like fishing hooks on the ends and stuff. And they're just whacking at it like ineffectually when they see you coming. They like roll down the dome and into the water or they scurry off to get away. Um, they don't seem interested in tangling with a ship full of 20 killers. So the island is inside of that dome, or? Yes. Uh, Vinny's going to, I'm assuming Joan's, like, under deck because reasons. It's it's night. Yeah, but she's, like, in exile. Yeah, if there were other drow, she would definitely hide. But now you guys are just floating outside a giant black dome of spiderweb. Hey, Joan, how do we get inside the spiderwebs? I have not been back in in decades. I do not know the secret of this construction. You guys have nine minutes to save me, so I'm just going to start working on my last words. The confidence! <laughs> Sorry, but like, like, I don't see how this works, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the only thing I think we can do is first get closer. Isaac pulls you right up alongside it. You can reach off the deck and touch it. Then he's going to knock. <laughs> yeah, it feels weird. It's kind of almost like spongy, like it has give to it. 
which you weren't expecting. Mm. But uh, it does not make a knock noise because of that. Is it sticky? A little bit, yeah. Okay, a little sticky. Yeah. And, it, like, getting up close to it, can we now, like, see through it at all? Is it just, like, really dense fibrous connections, or is it, like, a wall? Both. <laughs> no, you can't see through it, and yes, it's the dense fibrous connections. Right, it's meant to be watertight. Yep. Because it's meant to be able to hold the waters if they swallow the entire planet up. Mm. Oh, jeez. Loth takes care of her own. <sighs> Elias just sort of takes a moment, like... I could do something to possibly get on the other side of that, but I'd be gone for at least an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, Drop says, I could probably go with you, but I'd have to, I don't know, rest before we came back. I'd, I'd need a re- I would need to rest as well, Drop. I've only done it the once. Wait, you can do it as well? <laughs> uh, now. <laughs> oh, right. All right. Well... I don't. I can't guarantee there's land on the other side, but <laughs> I'm good at falling. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, and Elias just looks to his mother and says, "Mother, I don't. You don't need to come along if you don't wish, and if you want to stay here and make sure things are safe on the ship with the others. But I need to get to the other side of this barrier to see if there's a way to get us in." Uh, she hugs you, and w- while you guys are hugging, she says in your ear, "Don't be silly, dear." And she teleports inside. Well, and then, then at that point, uh, Elias and Elias moves to Faye jumps straight through the barrier into the uh, the structure. Drop says, "I'll be right there," and then wanders over to Ziggy. Mm-hmm. It says, "The Ziggy, I know that we haven't had any dialogue scenes together in the show, <laughs> <laughs> but." If I run into any of the bullywugs, is there, like, something I can tell them or show them or, like, some weird hand signal and drop just as this, like, really obtuse hand signal? Drop, <laughs> if you grab him, you can take him with you. Elias did it to me once. You can actually carry him in with you. Hey, Ziggy, <laughs> do you want to come for a trip? <laughs> just put him in a headlock and go. Yeah. Does Elias want to take Lavinia as well? Uh, somebody's got to stay guard with the ship. How about the other seven NPCs? Oh, that's true. All right, if if Vinny wants to come with, then she has been picked up by Elias like like a like a like a very large potato. I was gonna say piggybacking, <laughs> but that works too. <laughs> the largest potato. I just picture like Vinny like like standing upright, and then like her her character sprite just sort of rotates ninety degrees and just disappears with Elias. <laughs> okay, so I guess I guess Drop is taking Ziggy and also taking an opportunity when everybody's in the Feywild to say. You have a really beautiful home plane. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So drop Elias, Lavinia, Sildiel, and Ziggy land on an idyllic tropical beach. Like coconuts, palm trees, the whole nine yards. It's a just a wonderful, peaceful beach, which just so happens to be encased in a dome of pure blackness so that no one without dark vision can see a thing, which I think is just drop. Yeah. I can't see, guys. Drop, hold my hand. Elias just sort of raises his hand and snaps it and casts light to kind of hover. Or that. Ow, my eyes. <laughs> uh, Ziggy says, well, I wasn't expecting this, but I guess follow me. I can take you to my house. Is that where we're going to heal Violet? I mean, Welch the Blue doesn't live in my house, but it's the same village, so she'll be there. Yeah, what's up? Yeah. Okay, let's go. I did not see this coming, this particular arrangement of characters. I thought someone would bring Violet. Yeah. 
I, I wouldn't be able to carry Violet. That's the problem. Yeah, we wouldn't be able to carry her. So you guys um, walk up the beach. You have four minutes. <laughs> Ziggy <laughs> takes you behind some uh, bushes and stuff into uh, some a forested area and behind some thorns and some you know some some pretty ugly poisonous plants and stuff that guard the entrance to the underdark and he just brushes those aside he knows exactly where to go so he leads you in and into a tunnel that leads deep below this island and there are no lanterns or lights or anything because everyone who lives down here has dark vision but Elias has already taken care of that so you guys are fine uh so you begin your descent under the earth and nothing much of note happens no one down here has any reason to guard any of this because no one should be getting in. So your your delve deep below Lorelei is actually pretty uneventful, which is a nice change of pace. Mm-hmm. Normally, I would ask if you guys want to have any conversations, but wow, we have to save Violet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but there is no time to waste. Uh, so you guys eventually find yourself at like a two-way fork. And on one side of the fork, it just drops like at a severe angle. And Ziggy tells you all that's the way to Calypsia, the drow city. Don't go there. <laughs> they don't take kindly to strangers under the best circumstances. They would kill you on sight, almost certainly, unless they had a particular reason not to, because only drow ever come and go, and none of you are drow. So it's probably a bad idea. This one goes to Hole in the Earth, much friendlier. Uh, let's go this way. Okay. Good talk. <laughs> he, t- he takes you guys down that path. Uh, which is almost like horizontal. Like it seems like you've stopped going down, and so he takes you into what becomes like a much danker <laughs> cave system. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> stop. <laughs> it's uh, there's there's like slime and algae, and there's like more plant life and stuff. You you get the sense that there's more life in here in general because of water and and bullywogs. bacteria organisms. Yes. Yeah, it's the stuff of life. And in the distance, you begin to hear a cacophonous noise you're not even sure what it is you've never heard anything like it is it a lot of rivets no it's a a, a grinding noise oh and ziggy tells you that's um welch's machine she she works on these machines like all all hours of the day and night like sometimes she disappears for weeks and people don't see her at all she's just building and maintaining these enormous machines and that's kind of her that's kind of her thing she's automated the food and water atmosphere just like everything about the society has increased like a thousand fold in like efficiency and livability since she came. But it's also like deafening in these tunnels. And I assume nobody has any thoughts on that. Let's keep going, huh? Yeah, just, let's go. Let's we, do it. We kind of got to, we're on a schedule here. Yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to like build some atmosphere of the city, but like everyone, you guys are just running. Well, you're, you're sucking up some of our time doing it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, <laughs> people keep coming towards you. You're like, hey, look at this local culture. And, and you just knock them aside. <laughs> you kick the bowls out of their hands. Like, we don't have any time for any of this set dressing. Get out of our way. We got a unicorn to save. We, we got next episode for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you guys start just running past actually like bullywugs, like guards and like not official city guards, but like just whoever is sitting near the entrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just like see them stand up and start to walk towards you like, hail and well met adventurers. Welcome to our humble. <laughs> just knock them down and just run by them. And he yells, I'm sorry. Uh, but you guys burst into Hole in the Earth, which is a pretty small village. Um, I would say it's a little smaller than Spira, which to this point was the smallest civilization you guys had met. It seems like kind of a just a like a small town rural vibe, uh, except for those cacophonous machines in the distance. And that's the direction you head. You don't even have to ask Ziggy where to go. You're just going towards the noise. Mm-hmm. And um, at some point, you guys get to the entrance to where those sounds are coming from. And there is a bullywog standing outside the largest bullywug you've ever seen 
just absolutely colossal and dangerous looking. And he has, he's kind of leaning against a boat anchor, like a full sized keep ships from moving anchor. And he's leaning against it, but also looks as if he's prepared to wield it like a weapon if it came to that. What a cool frog. You see him and Ziggy conversing in Bullywug. And after a while, that Bullywug says, only one guest at a time. Welch is very busy. Who wants to go and speak with her? How about the only person here who speaks the language? Well, I can too. Besides Ziggy. Oh, besides Ziggy? Yeah, Ziggy's not a guest. Oh, then I'm going with Ziggy. And on the way in, I guess I'll cast Tongues. So you guys make it into uh, Welch the Blue's lab. There's like a giant stone door and the enormous bullywug in front of it kind of rolls the, the circular door out of the way so that you guys can enter. And you enter the workshop of Welch the Blue. And even now you can see just this entire cave. It's like this enormous hangar sized cave is just filled with giant screaming, clacking, pistoning machines. And there's one bullywug running from machine to machine with like a giant oversized socket wrench, just like turning stuff. And she's also got tables and tables filled with jars and other scientific equipment. And as you guys approach her to save Violet's life, I think your episode comes to an end. And the rest of you outside, the enormous bullywug says to you, while your friend's in there, I think you guys should go wait in the library. And he points you to another area because we don't have a, we don't really get visitors. So we don't have a waiting room. And uh, Elias, you were bapped with tongues, so you can understand him. Ziggy bapped you before he left. Mm. So he says, uh, why don't you guys go wait in there and just like chill until your friend gets out. I don't know how long it's going to be. That's that's f- fair enough. Thank you. So as you guys walk down kind of a longer hallway, you're passing some other bullywugs who are just flabbergasted at your appearance. They don't get visitors or strangers, let alone such racially diverse <laughs> strangers. You guys walk down this pathway and into what you understand is the library. and. Uh, It takes you a while because you're hearing these just terrible and awesome machine noises, but you do begin to detect an undercurrent, like a hint of music in the library. And as you walk in, you see that some of the books, there's books not only on the shelves, obviously, because it's a library, but some are flying through the air, just like lazily. And you guys go towards the sound of the music and you see uh, the only person who is in this library who is sitting in a chair, which is off the ground, surrounded by a slowly rotating maelstrom of books and musical instruments, which are playing themselves oh. uh, apparently to drown out the sound of the machines while he reads it, 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 a tiefling sketch. You know me so well. Ah! Yes, I do. Uh, and Elias will just sort of say, uh, uh, professor chance. I presume. I set my sail. Fly the wind, it will take me back to my home, sweet home. Lie on my back, clouds are making way for me, I'm coming home, sweet home. Remix for our theme music, which includes 
Tears in Rain, an arrangement of Seattle from Deus Ex Invisible War, Dream Eater Mix, an arrangement of the Lavender Town theme from Pokemon, and Ah Kid Pella, an arrangement of Setting Sail Coming Home from Bastion. Executive producers for the month of December 2016 are Extellaris, Kirsten Haslinger, Joseph Timbrello, Andrew Grothen, Jade, The Cult of Gorfanax, Allison Ansel, Tarka, Luke Powers, Michael Goodell, Brent, Irving Royale, Brady Warner, Kitty Foe, James Neely, Eugene, Marissa Donaldson, David Page, Melanie Joe, Lana Seawolf, Toby Gleason Stack, Ruby Offer, Matthew Weber, Sarah Hanley, Zenith Will Rule, Melissa Booker, Cameron Abbas, Dylan, Anna Stuhlfarr, Dash on the Rage Monster, Giorgio Renna, Harrison Andrew, Christopher Charlo, Jorit, Viger Arnston, Cody Jackson, King Waza, August Rue, Ingmar Gremmen, and Paul Mullen. If you want to support the show directly, you can join in on this list of names at patreon.com slash austinyorski, or you can find Leon at patreon.com slash renegadecut. You can also help us out by rating, commenting, liking, or subscribing to us on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever else you found the show. But as the Christmas season approaches, consider that the greatest gift you can give us is telling your friends, family, and loved ones to listen to our dang show. The sons of Thor slew the giant, Lo, where he fell there gushed forth so much blood out of his wounds that with it they drowned all the race of the Rhine giants, save that one, whom giants called Bergelmir, escaped with his household. He went upon his ship one, and his wife with him, and they were safe there.